0: presence and come into the house of God. I think that's the most, one of the most important things we can do as Christians. And uh, it gets us ready to go out into the world to us unconditionally. And I uh, thank you and I praise for that. Uh, let me say this real quickly as we get started. I appreciate each one of you that's here this evening and came back this evening. And um, we. Uh, we're thankful, I am, that we have a few babies in this church. I'm going to tell you all why Riley, Maddie, and those two twins are so loud because their mothers are so quiet. <laughs> Somebody's got to be a spokesman for those three women. And uh, uh, Ashley well just, and Brandy, believe it or not, I, I, I know them both, maybe about equal probably. I've known Brandy a little bit longer, but I didn't really get to know her until they got married. But outside of personal conversations, I don't know that I've heard them say ten words any time in their life. And um, it's, uh, I mean that in all jokes. I don't mean nothing by that. They know that. But uh, honestly, I've said this many times. I'm I'm going to be real. You all know I'm real. I'm honest. Or sometimes when babies get loud, can they be a distraction and stuff? Well, of course. Let's be honest. Let's be real about it. Let's not uh, joke around. Uh, Be honest about it. But that really doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. Um, I've said many times, the big babies is what bothers me. I can handle the little ones. Uh, they don't know any better. And I, and I enjoy it. I enjoy having a church with babies in it. I've been in church, preaching churches with no kids, no babies, and it's almost dreary. Uh, and I'll tell you something, there's a lot of churches like that today. So turn with me to Genesis chapter uh, 13. Genesis chapter 13. I was going to preach some this next Sunday morning was my thoughts, and I still might. <laughs> but um, God kept laying this on my heart. I kind of had something else, another passage in mind, another thing, but it seemed like this wouldn't go away. So I said, okay, Lord, I'll preach it. If it's a dinosaur egg, it's a dinosaur egg. Not all messages are home runs, I guess. So Genesis chapter 13, a very, very familiar passage of Scripture. We can take a lot of different looks from this. There's a lot to learn from this story. Is everybody there? All right. Um, I'm gonna start reading at verse five and I'll catch you up to date there maybe. Most of you, again, probably know this story, but anyway, Hebrews chapter 13, or I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 13, verse five. The Bible says, And Lot also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents, And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Persite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, between thy herdman and thy between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. It's not the whole land before thee. Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right hand. If thou wilt depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Notice this verse. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Notice this, I never caught this till just now when I was reading this setting there a little bit ago. Even as the garden of the Lord. I never caught that till just now. Do you realize what this must have looked like? You're talking about fine looking pasture field. I don't believe there's ever been a pasture field that looked any better than this right here. Because it compares it to the garden of the Lord. Like the land of Egypt as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. The Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, lift up now uh, thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land and the length of it, and the breadth of it, for, for I will give it unto thee. Father, we thank you again for this time together, for this day that you've offered us and given us. And God, we thank you that, uh, Lord, on this day, there'll never be another day like this day. God, there'll never be another time like this time. And Lord, I pray tonight, God, as you, uh, Lord, uh, preach this message through me as you see fit. God, I humble myself before you the best way I can and know how. Lord, I need you to take more of me. God, I need to surrender and submit more of myself to you. And God, have less of me and more of you. Lord, I pray that you just touch the hearts of each one that are here tonight you be with God at each person. Lord, I thank you for the testimonies, for the songs, for the words of encouragement, for the praise reports. And God, everything that's been said and done here this evening, I thank you for it and I praise you for it. God, there's not another thing on earth like church. God, there may be all kinds of organizations and clubs and memberships and, and different gatherings and groups, but God, there's nothing alive like the church. God, it's the only thing I know that's got life in it like the church does. God, and I thank you and I praise you for it. Lord, I pray this evening, God, that you'd be with hearts of each one that are here. In Jesus, your name we pray. Amen. Well, as I told you, this is story is no secret. I'm sure most of you uh, have heard it once or twice or somewhat familiar with it. And if you back up to chapter 12, we see in verse 1, now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, notice this, and from thy kindred and from thy father's house, unto <laughs> to a land that I will shew thee. Uh, and so he told Abraham there, uh, basically, leave and leave everyone behind. Uh, do not take anybody with you. I don't. And what you own, you gather it up, and you get gone. Uh, but for what other reason? Uh, he, he he decided uh, to take Lot with him. In verse four, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old and he departed out of Haram. Now, I don't know what kind of conversation took between Lot and Abraham. We really don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. I don't know if Lot come along and said, you know what, Abraham? I don't like this place, It's drear. I hate my neighbors. Uh, I mean, I, I mean I just, I'm I ready for a change. How about I go with you? Or I don't know if Abraham come along and said, Lot, we're leaving out here. Won't, I don't know how the conversation went. But nevertheless, they were together. <laughs> and Lot should have never been there. There's a lot of places you and I go in life we should never go. There's places we get to we should never ever be there. We have no business going. God gives someone else a chore. Gives someone else a job. Gives someone else a, voc- a vocation. I'll get it out in a minute. Uh, gives someone else a, a whatever it may be and it's not yours I can't share my calling to preach with you and you can't share whatever calling you got from God with me. It doesn't work that way. God gave it to you as an individual to give it to me as an individual. And there's different things he has for us to do. And so here, Abraham and Lot should have never been traveling together, but they were. And they come to the place where they, uh, no doubt over time, uh, their, of course, their, their cattle, had more cattle and, and the camels and donkeys or whatever else they had, Uh, chickens and turkeys, I don't know what all they had with them, but nevertheless, they said they had flocks and herds and tents. And so as they multiplied, uh, it got a little bit too crowded for them. Now, it didn't say Lot and Abraham were arguing, but from the way I read this, I think they were on the verge. I think they were close because their herdmen were arguing, and uh, and no doubt their herdmen were close to them. They had close fellowship, they had had, uh, companionship, and they were going to have a strife come between them. So Abraham, being the wise one, said, Lot, how about you go in the direction you want to go, and I'll take the other direction. Now, a couple things I want to point out to you here as I get started. When you studied the geog- geography of this particular area, when Lot looked around, on the other side, if you look opposite of Sodom and Gomorrah, it was mountainous, it was barren, was, it was not the favorable way to go. He could have looked one way and said, Lot, you know what? That looks pretty good that way. Don't look half bad that way. How about we separate? You go this way and I go that way. That way we both get a little bit of the, 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 the gravy here. But Lot didn't do that. Lot said, I want it all. You know, there's a vision you can have of yourself or of Jesus. One of the two you're going to do. In Colossians, let me turn over here so I know I get it right. Chapter three, verse one, it says, if he had been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. So we see that we have one man who is obeying the commandment of God, and we have someone else who is obeying his command. We have two completely different outlooks. I've preached this before. One of them had an earthly outlook and one of them had a godly outlook. I think it's easy to figure out which one is which. And here to see what I want to preach to you about is your affection on things above. Are you looking above? Looking unto Jesus. When it talks about there in Colossians, it describes as though you're, you're choking for air and you're trying to get the next breath. That is the picture, the image that it's painting. It's as though that you've been stranded somewhere and you desire to get home. That's the image it's trying to paint. It's something dire, something great. We should love and seek Jesus like that above all other things on this earth. This earth should not have such a hold on us like it does. This earth and the things of it should not grip us like it does. But unfortunately, it does. So let me point out some things here to you. And and with God's help, we'll preach to you and we'll go home and say we've been to church, amen? Amen. And uh, we'll start out our new year right and next Sunday morning when we come to church, we're gonna have a slogan for this year, we're gonna have an outlook for this year, we're gonna try to make some plans for this year to see God's glory, amen? Amen. All right, hopefully everybody's excited about that. (laughs) So we look and we see, as I told you, that they looked and said, Abraham told Lot, said, Lot, you look around and you find something. Now notice number one, they were looking for a country. They were looking for a country, but they were looking for different, two different kinds of countries. Abraham was looking for a country not made with hands. He was looking for a place to dwell that man did not... Uh, build, man did not have his hand in man did not have his touch on and Lot was looking for something that man had his hand on, he was looking for gain, he was looking for earthly gain some kind of earthly one or position and Abraham was looking for something that God had made, two completely different outlooks to two completely different countries Lot got a city, Abraham got a country big difference, that's kind of like saying I'll take Chicago and you get the U.S or even worse, L.A., praise God. So there's a difference in what they received. When you have your vision here on earth, you'll receive earthly rewards. You'll receive a little bit, but when your vision's on Jesus, you're looking unto Him, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despises the shame and is set down at the right hand of God. If you'll put your eyes on him, you'll gain a country made of God, not made of human hands. Listen, we're going somewhere one day. We're going to leave out of here and what you do for God is what's going to count then, not what you've done for yourself on earth for reputation, for gain, for whatever it may be. I want to tell you, there's a reason that we need to be focused on Jesus more than we ever have. And we need to be seeking a country not made with human hands. Made by God for God's people is what we need to be looking for. Number one, they were seeking a country. Number two, they were seeking company. Notice what it says, and Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren, it's not the whole land before thee. Separate thyself, I pray thee from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right, and thou wilt depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And notice verse ten Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest into Zohar. Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves one from the other, and Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Now we know that it says pitched his tent towards Sodom, that means daily as the ground got ate up, as the grass was devoured, and the vegetation from the animals, he just kept moving closer and closer to, to Sodom. And, and and as time went on, he got closer and closer. He was not looking for a country, a place made with a place made by God he was looking at something made by man what a different vision he had how sad that the best he could see was what man made Abraham was looking at what God was going to make he was looking at what God was giving him what God had offered him he was not worried about what man could offer you and I sometimes spend too much time worrying about what man Done, said, or got to offer, or can do, or will do, rather than worrying about God and what's the country that we need to have there in His company. Notice Abraham was wanting company with God. You know, one thing I've noticed about God, He's never hung up on me, He's never let it go to voicemail, He always returned texts, so to speak. He, he doesn't say, I don't have time. He doesn't say I'm too burdened down. He's not too busy. He's not preoccupied. And guess what? He's not distracted. But I have found that man sure is. I have found that we are limited. You know how many people I can usually help at one time? I do good to take care of myself. Usually about one or two people at a time is about my limit. On a good day I might get three or four. God takes care of everybody all at once. He wants my company. You know another thing I've found in life? There are some people that don't want me around them. And you know, I'll be honest with you. There are some people, I don't want them around me. Don't look at me like you're perfect because there are some people you don't want around you either. Doesn't mean I hate them. This means I'm just not much in their company i got to look at somebody. It's got nothing to do with you. And you and Earl are my two favorite to pick on. He's not here, so it falls to you. Congratulations. And isn't it amazing that in all of our sins, all of our failures, all of our lack of focus and love for Jesus, God still desires my company and your company. He still wants us around Him. Thank God I want to be near Him. Not near man. Lot sought company with man. Yes, baby. He sought something that only man can offer. You know, I, I like sports. I'm not, I'm not necessarily apologetic for it. I don't want to put it above anything or, or nothing like that. I don't want to make it too much of my life. Uh, I enjoy watching it. And in a few days, last night, we watched two bowl games and enjoyed most uh, them, both of them for the most part. And um, we're going to watch a national championship here take place in, in Louisville Week. And we're going to hopefully enjoy that. And, and all s- sorts of people are going to put everything they've got into that game. Now, if I was playing in that game, I would give it everything I had in preparation this week. I'll do my best to get ready. I would want to play like I've never played before. But you know what? You and I are seeking a trophy and a crown that's way greater than anything this world is going to offer. And too much of the time, we are sitting on the sidelines and we elect to set out. Some players, what they do, because they know they got a good shot at being drafted, they won't play in the bowl game because they're afraid they'll get hurt. And so to my mind, they let their team down, their fans down, their coaches down, their university down. They've let everybody down. I wonder how much you and I have let God down because we set out. We get our mind focused on a company with man rather than company with him. Huh. There's two ways we can look at this. We're we yeah. really going to look to Jesus We're going to set our affection on things above, our awe, our desires, our passions. We're going to seek them things here. You're doing one of the two. Now, I know that some areas in life, you probably are giving it everything you've got for God. Then there's other areas that we're not. You know, I picture sometimes like this. uh, Forgive me, but you know those little doll houses that you see and they got doors you open and close and everything? Well, sometimes I got some doors open to God and there's some of them I got shut. And I say, no, God, you're not welcome there. I wonder how it makes him feel. I wonder how it would be if you give everything you had to somebody and they would shut the door in your face so you're not welcome there. And everything you ever did for them was to for them. Hmm. And then all he wants is your company. Let me move on. Number two, they were seeking communion. Now, let me read one more verse and I'll tell a little bit of the story. In verse 13, I stopped off at verse 12. and said, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before God exceedingly. Notice verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, eastward, and westward, For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And he goes on to tell Abraham about this. In verse 17, It said, Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Number two, they're looking for communion. Now, nowhere can I find in the Bible where God spoke to Lot again. But he spoke to Abraham I don't see God speaking to Lot in this situation. But he's speaking to Abraham. Somebody is speaking to Lot though. That wicked, awful city and that sin that he's desiring to take part in. That's what's speaking to him. Lot was not stranger to what this place was. I don't believe he was ignorant to what was going on. Because if it was, I think the Bible would have let him off the hook. It didn't. Nowhere do I find that. Lot knew very well what he was getting into. Notice that he also said earlier on, he looked in the plains of Jordan, all the plains of Jordan. In other words, he didn't look at Uncle Abraham and say, Uncle Abraham, how about you was kind enough to bring me with you? You was kind enough for this and that? How about you take that way, you get some of the good soil, and I'll take this way, I get some of the good soil, and we'll see see what happens next, and God will bless us both. Lot didn't do that. Lot wasn't looking. Unto Jesus. He didn't have his affection set on things above. He had it set on things on the earth. And you know what the word communion means? Does anybody know? Don't feel guilty if you don't. You know? You want to take a shot at it, ain't you? Basically, it means total agreement. If you look in the Bible. It tells us to come out for the world and be separate, saith the Lord, and I'll receive you unto myself. Or in that same area, it talks about different ways. What fellowship do we have with Belial, with Baal? What fellowship do we have with different things? And it goes on, and each one of them increases till it comes down, and it says you're in communion with the world. When you're in communion with something or someone, you're in total agreement with them. You see, that's one of the purposes of communion that we, when we take communion, it's so we are saying, God, I'm in agreement with you, Lord. And here, we find that Lot was wanting communion with a wicked, sinful city. How much communion do you want in your life for this world? And how much communion do you want with God? You're wanting communion with one of the two and you're desiring that, and you're having communion with one of the two. You may have communion with God here and there, but you have communion with the world over here. And let me tell you something, there's not enough room for God in the world in one, one body, in one life. So, somewhere, somehow, you're seeking one above the other. Abraham wanted communion with God, and he was rewarded richly for it. God showed me something else in this just a minute ago never saw before. Just a thought. It said, look, eastward, westward, northward, southward. That means 360. I believe if Abraham could have said, you know what, Lot? You try to give me the shaft, I'm fixing to trample you. And he could have. Abraham could have started walking towards Sodom. I believe he could have walked right to the middle of it and said, this is mine, and I'm shutting this place down. God gave him that power. God gave him that authority and that ability. He didn't do that because he was seeking someone whose maker was not man. He was seeking a, a country, company, and communion with someone of this world and all Lot could see was what this world had to offer. How sad so many Christians do not live beyond what this world has to offer. There's people that I believe, I, I, I really believe some people that are born again. But they never have a real fellowship with God. They never have real communion with God. They never have a real relationship with God and a walk with God and listening to God and working with God. There's a difference in working with God and working for Him. There's a difference in being business partners and being a, an employee. God wants to be business partners with you and I. I understand, He is in charge but he still wants to be business partners with you. Whose communion are you having? As we see Lot getting more towards Sodom, and finally he moves in Sodom. The Bible even says when Abraham went there to get him out, that he was sitting in the high places, he had become a public authority. He had become the mayor, if you will. He was on the city council. That means that he was in complete agreement with what they were doing or he would not have been helping them pass laws. Mm. By the way, I think it matters how you vote. Anyway, let me move on. I'm meddling there, ain't I? So Lot was in complete agreement With Sodom and Gomorrah. He went from having herds that were so big that him and Abraham could not dwell in the same place together. That's a pretty good sized flock. When he left Sodom and Gomorrah, he had his two daughters with him and the shirt on his back, and that is it. He lost everything. He lost his wife. He lost his sons. He lost his son-in-law's. He lost his daughter-in-law. He lost everything. And then on top of that, his two daughters had incest with him. We get a little nationality from them too. Anyway, anyway, so he lost everything because all he saw was communion with this world and what he had to offer. Satan wants to paint this thing up and make it look so good. Man, he puts on a facade, I'm telling you. I've heard stories about people making paintings and they look at the initial painting and it looks like one thing and they keep looking or something behind it and they take that painting and rip it in two because it's a piece of junk and behind it will be sometimes a multi-million dollar piece of, of, of oil painting that some famous artist painted and drew and there you have the real treasure. Some It's only one place you're going to get it, and that's seeking your affection on things above, not on things on this earth. This was basically almost going to be next Sunday morning's message, but God said, "Preach it now." So you're, you're getting it now. We'll get a little bit different one next Sunday morning. It's going to be similar, maybe completely different. You don't know till you get here, do you? I may not. Last one, and I'm done. In the Bible, in Ephesians chapter two. It tells us about God showing his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus in the ages to come. So number three, we got kind, number four, we got kindness. Number one, we got they were seeking a country. Number two, they were seeking a company. Number three, they were seeking communion. Number four, they were seeking kindness. You know, it's easy to be kind to people that's kind to you. It's not that hard. But it's hard to be kind to people that you feel like has actually wronged you. Some way, somehow. It's not easy to be kind to those. The Bible addresses this. It basically says, what reward have you got for somebody that shows love to you? Big deal. I'm putting it in good old country Craig terms. He says, you want to show God's real love, you show love to people who's not been kind to you like you have not me. Hmm. You see, we've not been kind to God like we should. But He still shows us love. He still shows us kindness and mercy. And you know, when the ages to come, He's going to show us more kindness. You know what's amazing? Is when we get to heaven, when we get home, all the things that won't be there, I'm amazed by it sometimes. I can't wait. You know, some of the things that won't be in heaven, there'll be no tears There'll be no death. There'll be no heartache. You know we'll never hear another apology. There'll be no bad news. We won't hear another baby been sick, mistreated, molested, done wrong. All kids will be able to talk. Kids will be able to walk and run and play. And you and I will be perfect. I don't know about you, but I want a place like that. We'll go somewhere, Brandy and Ashley, will we stand up and testify. <laughs> Folks, That's a, God still works miracles, don't he? I love them both. I honestly do. Ashley is going to claw my She is going to be the serial killer in here one of these days. <laughs> and I will be first. And Zach will be second. I'm telling you. The quiet ones you got to watch. In all seriousness, folks, you and I need to set our affection on things above, not on things on this earth. Sometimes there's disappointment when we serve God in doing that. But don't get too tore up in yourself because God's disappointed in us quite regularly. And He has every right to be. People disappoint me and they let me down. You know what? So have I them. I'm human, folks, just like you. and don't act like you've never let no one down or never disappointed anyone. You and I both have. And we'll do it again. Not because not I want to, because I'm human. doesn't make it okay, and it's not an excuse to don't hide behind it. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus showed us kindness. And you and I should show Him kindness. Through the ages to come, He's going to be kind to us. He is now... He is tomorrow and he is for the future and forevermore. So don't you think it'd be good if this year you set out to say, you know what? I'm gonna seek a country not made with human hands. I'm gonna seek company beyond this world. I'm gonna seek communion with him like I never have. As I said, communion means what? Total agreement. Means I'm in agreement with you 100%. And I'm going to seek kindness from God. Is life easier? Healthy, nothing's broken, tore up, tore down, burnt down, crashed down, whatever down you want to put there. Uh, uh, Physically, emotionally, whatever down you want to come up with. Yeah, it's, it's easier. Definitely, it's better. But folks, life isn't like that. It's just, and it's not going to be. Let me say this in closing, I'm, I'm done. As long as this world stands, there's not going to be peace. You can forget that. It's not going to happen. World War I was the war to end all wars. Oh, I don't know, about 30 years later or something like that, we had World War II, the war to end all wars. Here we are in 2023, and guess what we're on the verge of? It's closer than you realize, World War III. Russia's wanting to rule the world. Germany would like to. They haven't forgot what happened to them in World War II. Don't kid yourself. They're still burnt over that. They feel like the whole world come against them. Well, they kind of did. Didn't have a whole lot of choice. You had a sadistic leader. North Korea is ramping up more nuclear arms. They said they got to build more nuclear weapons because of the threat against them. So we're closer than you realize. So in this year, wouldn't it be good if somehow, way, God through you made a change in you And someone else. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. What if this year would be the year that you invite someone that comes to this church, gets born again, genuinely saved, and they may not attend here, they may go somewhere else, and that's kind of fine (laughs) if they don't live too close to here. But they attend a church, get plugged in, and get involved and try to make a difference. Wouldn't it be something if one day we stand before Jesus and we say, I had communion with you enough that through you, your power come through me enough that someone listened to me, came to church, and got born again, and I thank you, Jesus, that I got to experience that once in my life. Wouldn't that be something? Imagine if everybody in here did that. You know how different this church would be right now? It wouldn't be three quarters empty it'd be three-quarters full. You know, you don't build churches based on your Sunday morning crowd. You build churches on your Sunday night and Wednesday night crowd. That's where your church is at. For those that can be here, there's a handful that can't be. Most can be. So this year, I don't know about you, will I fail? Probably will I stumble along the way? But I want this year to be the best year of my life for Jesus Christ. I appreciated your testimony. took a lot of courage to stand up and say that. I know you've struggled with it. You've fought with it. You've wallowed with it. You know what? Sometimes God puts me in places I don't enjoy either. But when I come out the other side, I'm thankful for it. It's always better when you do things God's way. It's always better, no matter how hard it is. Father, we thank you again for this time together, for this day that you've given us, Lord. And God, for your word... God, for what it means to us, there's so much to learn from it. We could go on and on and on. God, we'll never exhaust it. We'll never uh, finish it. To guide us, and Holy Spirit, you are along the path with us everywhere we go, everything we do, every step we take, and word we say, you're right there with us. And Lord, this year of my life, God, I want to be seeking a country that you make, Jesus. I want your company. I want communion with you. And I want to show your kindness to others as you've shown it to me. And God, there's only one way that's going to happen, and that's to have fellowship with you. That's to set my affection on you, Jesus, not on the things of this earth, and that includes me. Lord, I'm I'm on this earth. I'm part of it. But God, I've got to get me out of the way more than anything else. And Lord, I know we'll have communion like you desire. So Father, I pray this evening, if there's anyone here, God, that you've spoken to in any way, shape, or form, I ask, God, that you touch them, that you encourage them, and God, draw them near. And we'll give you the thanks and the praise. God, I can't change anybody. Lord, I don't have that ability. God, only you do. And God, I'm asking that you change me, starting with me, Lord, that you work through me, God, first God put me first Lord and God whatever I need Lord to be better and closer to you that's what I want to do and be I realize what I'm praying Lord and I don't want to just say it God just to say I you want me to in Jesus your name we pray and amen Amen. as we stand we get a song